Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us. We're just a couple goalies that taken one too many pucks to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. We mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss other happenings around the hockey world, so be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and especially Twitter to let us know what you think. Also, be sure to comment and share any hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So, Steve, to start off today's podcast... We wanted to talk some Ogden Mustangs hockey, as you very well know, because I'm always excited to go to the games. I'll message you. I'm at the game tonight. Give it a watch. And when you're not busy being a full-time father, you'll catch pieces of the game, and then we'll talk about it, and then we'll jump on this podcast and talk about it. So we're going to talk about the weekend series between the Provo Riverblades and the Ogden Mustangs out here at the Weber Ice Sheet. Yeah, so the first thing I do have to mention is there's this obnoxious guy in his bright orange shirt that when you're trying to watch the play down on the one end, you, all you can do is see him and it distracts you from the play. So uh, Mustangs... I think he's a pretty good-looking guy. <laughs> well, he did I the think... world a favor. He masked himself up, too. You couldn't identify him. <laughs> yeah, just, 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 wait till I, just wait till I'm at a game. You're like, yeah, there's this fat guy in a... Coyotes I do Z. watch you with Coyotes games. You're always like three rows from the ice behind the. You're usually behind what the the home goalie twice. So. Yeah. So if I watch a Coyotes game, I usually see your bald head flash onto the screen. So yeah, and then my huge gut as I'm jumping up, <laughs> the G force of that usually knocks down a few people in front of me. But uh, but yeah, let's talk, let's talk this hockey game. This was uh, I'll give the overall perspective on this one. It was a. It was an interesting, entertaining hockey game. You know, that's my biggest take on it. We'll, we'll, we'll go to the details of it, but it was fun to it was fun to watch. And that's what you were saying was this was an entertaining game. And then you say when the players said, "Sorry, they didn't give you much for that game." I'm like, "Yeah, you guys gave them a lot." It just yeah, I was gonna say like it came off the ice. It's like not much for the podcast. I'm like, no, that was this was a great game to go to. Yes, they um, you know we'll talk about the game as it goes through here. But honestly, this weekend series was. Really, really good games. I love these competitive games. To talk about the goalies that started in that for Provo, you had Nicholas Adante, uh, an 18-year-old out of Chicago, Illinois. And you had Titan Anderson, the local Wellsville, Utah kid, uh, 19-year-old here out of, uh, again, Utah. So they were the starting goalies. And uh, I tell you what, they were they were put to the test this game. This was, a, this was a good competitive game. Let's talk about the first goal. It was Nick Privatera for Provo. The 20-year-old out of Sun Valley, Cali. Can it one nothing for Provo? Yeah, nice setup on the power play. Nothing the Mustangs goalie could do. Good puck movement, crowd in front of the goalie, and a shot that looks like it was tipped and went in. So Yeah, it definitely uh, looked like it. Again, I was behind the net for this one. and deflected it in or something, but that kind of squeezed right in that, that armpit area of, of Anderson. So that was kind of a puck that bounced a bit. Not much you can do there as a goalie. Yeah, and the one thing I want to mention, though, leading up to this, right, is one of my major comments for the game. So it was what got them in power play, or no, got them in penalty trouble right off the get-go, right? And these teams, you can tell, have a chippy history from this season already. And it's just, in my opinion, it's just two different styles of how they play, right? The River Blades are really super physical, and they like to down, down those, like, they like to wear you down. And, you know, they do this early on in every game. Get it down low, cycle, 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 put pressure on that team, make them chase you, because that's what happened, and then the penalty's drawn, right? And to me, this was the story of the game very, very early on that allowed them to take a, a pretty significant lead was just cycle down low, make them work and chase, and then get your opportunities, right? Because we're going to talk about the second goal here in a second, but two power play goals to start the game, right? And, and that's a tough thing to cycle by, so... So, yeah, nothing that Tendi could do on that one. Good setup by them from the River Blades. But now let's uh, let's jump over to the next plays. Yeah, so the next goal was scored by Provo again. Uh, it was Nicholas Yurtis, another power play goal, the 18-year-old out of Riverside, Illinois. And almost identical, just opposite side of the ice, right? Yep. Back to the point, moving the good puck, moving around. Don't take your shot while the goalie's set, and that's what they did. They had him moving again, screens in front. And, again, can't blame the goaltender on that one because – it's hard to stop what you can't see, right? Yeah. So two identical goals. What was penalties and and the cycle were the big story of like I want to say the very first half of that game, right? Let's skip on over to that second period, man. Because again, going back and forth, I think both goalies were playing pretty well. I felt bad for the Mustangs goalie not getting a lot of shots. 
And that's how he, he still looked engaged in the game. You know, it's, it's hard to stay active when that's going on, eh? Yeah, it is. And as listeners might understand, we're both uh, goalies. I don't consider myself an ex-goalie yet. <laughs> Once COVID's <laughs> over, I plan to hit the ice somewhere. Not against these kids. They'll all light me up. Knowing what the goalie's going through, and this is, again, why my buddy called me out like I was hyper-focused, because I was kind of watching Anderson's movements, how he was analyzing the game, how I would analyze the game. Couldn't blame him for either of those goals. Those were just great shots by Privatera and Eurydice and taking advantage of the power play. And again, it's it was actually during the second period when we were behind Adedante. Um, and of course, we have the uh, the fans next to us, which they you know. But this is what you like about hockey. They're they're trolling him the whole period. And every Riverblade player that even comes within an earshot, these guys were just blasting off. But I loved people trying to get into my head. I especially when they'd make me laugh. <laughs> Like, they'd say something and I'd be like, I wouldn't look, I wouldn't let them know they're getting in my head in terms of like, if they said something funny, you do appreciate some of the chirping. So I don't know necessarily if Adante does or uh, Melnikov or any of the goalies that come into town, but I think sometimes the chirping definitely gets to the, the certain goalies depending on, on how they see the game. But yeah, if, if you ever hear chirping, it's definitely not coming from me. I will never, ever chirp another goalie, not even on the ice. I just... I don't know. For me, it's there's a there's a level of respect between goaltenders, so I'll never trip a goalie. In fact, I won't trip any any team coming on this ice in Ogden or any. I, it's just not on the ice. is a different thing. As a fan, I'm like, I'm not out there. That said, moving into the second period, John Ernst, the 20 year old out of St. Joseph, Michigan, uh, he he makes the game three nothing for Provo. Yeah, nice uh, nice identification. You know, they pick the puck up. Right. I think it was a little bit of a gaff in the offensive zone. You know, uh, going back, though, let's go back to the one uh, power play goal. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in the first period, the second one, uh, the defenseman had a chance to clear the puck and then doesn't look like he got enough on it or underestimated it. And the Riverblades guy knocked it down. And then, again, of course, set it up for a cycle. I think that's when that happened. I could be wrong. I'll have to go back. But, yeah, then this goal right here, nice, nice feed, right? Nice feed on the breakaway yes. to come on in and... Again, goalie had no choice. Nicely placed shot. Um, the guy snuck behind a defenseman. Beautiful pass. Way to pick it on up and bury that puck. That was a nice, uh, nice little hockey play there. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great play. Great setup. Again, not much Anderson could do there. Provo was playing their game. And I will say, watching this game behind the glass there, there were a lot of missed opportunities by Ogden throughout the game. Lots of great passes that just weren't connected on. It was just one of those nights where connections weren't there they were playing the game right but sometimes the puck just doesn't bounce your way and that just repeatedly happened to ogden this game and then honestly after that goal uh, i went to the bathroom so i missed the scuffle all i know is i was you know in the bathroom and i heard the crowd erupt and i'm like no no <laughs> Yeah. So sorry, sorry for the graphic commentary on this one, everybody. But when you got your when you got your junk in your hand, and you're midstream, and 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 something like that's happening, it's the worst feeling in the world. Because if you pinch it off, it hurts, and you you can't go running back, you know, to your seat with your junk in your hand, pinched off, to go see what the hell just happened, right? This is the mid the midstream action shot is the uh, <laughs> the actual play. It's the worst. It's the worst thing in the like, world. What's yeah. happening out there? Come on, come on, piss. Go. How, how did something happen? How did a fight break out now? But anyways, it's on the opposite side of the ice. I want to see much. So, so yeah, yeah. So we're going back to that goal. Now we're going to. There were some familiar themes of this game, right? And one was, like I said, I think the the River Blades really did a good job of a down low cycle to get themselves to. Four nothing lead is what it really amounted to, right? Like that that their game that way helped them on out, and it wasn't taking anything away from the Mustangs. Their game isn't so much that cycle game; it's more of that clean, crisp pass for an opportunity type of game, right? It's more of a, it's like it's, there's not saying that a cycle game is not a skill game, but the, the way the Mustangs are playing is more of that push down the ice, four check pressure type of type of thing, as as opposed to the cycle, right? And the passes just weren't clicking, and that's what will happen when you do that style of play, right? If the, the passes aren't clicking, then you're running into some trouble, right? So, But then it gets interesting when they pot their first power play goal. Right, yes, and, and I, actually, I actually noted for you to check out Anderson's right pad save with just under 10 minutes to go, and it's basically just after halfway point of the... Basically, they, they get him to bite, but... They try to go back on him, and he just sticks the leg out there and just robs them of their 
of at that point what would have been the fourth goal to make it four nothing. Yeah, here I'm watching something right now. Here it is, another nice stretch pass. Oh, two on one. Here it is. Over. Oh, what a save, right? Yeah, nice save. Nice. Like I won't call that pure desperation save, right? Because there was definitely some skill involved in that. But that was nicely, nicely stretched out. Got his pad back on it, and then that rebound. Fortunately, it was a little, little, little bouncy. <laughs> That's when goalies love the bouncing puck, right? Is then and only then do we love that bouncing puck. <laughs> Off that rebound, so it's not on their stick. So, yeah, nice save. Nice save. It was probably a few minutes later. Michael Ertis, the 20-year-old older brother of Nicholas, who scored earlier, gets a breakaway goal and uh, makes it 4 nothing for Provo. That was a hell of a pass. Good read. Nice finish on that one. But, yeah, the 4 nothing thing, you know, at this point, most teams collapse, right? Sit back and... You know, the other team just has to keep applying some sort of pressure, but those must yeah, and at this goal. point, Anderson gets replaced in net, stopping um, 10 of the 14 shots he faced. He didn't get to face a lot of shots, but the shots he faced, I, I give him no fault on any of those goals. Those were just really great plays by Provo. But uh, Troja comes in replacement. And-, and, and and remember, like on this one, right, too, we're tendies, we hate getting pulled. But that's to spark the team, right? It's to yes. In this in this case, I don't think this was a this was a shot at Anderson by the by the staff. This was a all right. The team needs to wake up. We're down for nothing. Something needs to happen. Yeah, so exactly. This is a spark. And, yeah, and the spark happens, right? So you know, I want to point out uh, Parker Lawton had a hell of a game, hell of a game. This game so noticeable on the ice. You know, he every time something seemed to happen, he seemed to be around or very close to making it happen, right? So he was just, he was so visible uh, in this game. Hell of a game, uh, Parker, on this game, man. Good game. Yeah, so Parker Lawton's the uh, one of your fellow Canadians there. He's out of Calgary. But yeah, very noticeable this game and helped set up the first goal for the Ogden Mustangs on the night. So really cool passing play here by Parker Lawton and Kate Herrera. I actually caught this one. I just decided to whip my phone out for this power play. I'm like, no, a goal's going to happen here and I'm going to catch it. And sure as hell, you felt it happening. Like you, you and me talk about this all the time. We were talking about this during the world juniors when you just feel a goal happening. I felt the goal coming here and I'm like, nope, whipping the phone out. And sure as hell, man, Kate Herrera and Parker Lawton came in there with a Perfect pass play set up to Tucker Thorstad, the 17-year-old out of Mesa, Arizona. I say it right that time? Yeah, Mesa. That's there correct. You go. <laughs> the the 17-year-old of Mesa, Arizona. And what a pretty goal, dude. I, I yeah. honestly think my 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 cell phone footage is better than the the, the professional camera just because of my angle. I think it was just it put you it put you on the ice with the boys right there, and that yeah. was just a really great play. Yeah, and I'm going back, and this is a fun goal to watch because, like I said, Lawton is barreling down with speed. Right, he's he's going full tilt on the defenseman. He's got the guy caught a little bit, and he he you know I'm watching it. Like I've got to pause perfectly when they hit the blue line. You've got that one guy coming and trailing, right? So Lawton knows exactly what's going on. This is a three on three, but the problem is there's two strong on the puck on the on the right side of the ice. So this is this is the breakdown of this one. Lawton comes in and just jams the brakes perfectly. That trailing guy is right there for the pass. There's nobody on him. And the nice play he makes, and I'm trying to see that would have been Herrera. That right? was a that was a sacrifice. That was a sacrificial pass by Herrera right there. Because yeah. he knew he was he knew he he the train was coming. <laughs> Yeah, and that third, that guy finally picked him up. He received the puck. The guy picked him up. He's getting edged out here. Takes the big hit, but to the wide open stick, right? Yep. And, and nice, Tucker buried it. Yeah, nice, nice finish on that goal. So, you know, and this is the one of the killers for you, right? Like when you have a big lead, it, three nothing is usually the one that makes you nervous. But three and four doesn't even matter. Anything one through four, right? It just seems to be like guys tend to. In my opinion, slack off when you have a three or four goal lead. Like they, they, it's almost like your game level drops a bit, right? You relax a little too much, and that's all the other teams need to get the momentum to get back in, right? And especially when you get a nice pa- passing play goal like this, this seemed to sort of change that momentum. What do you think? In this case, Anderson was pulled. They put in Troja, and I think that was a spark that kind of set off the team. And yeah, this power play goal, that was a great way to leave the second period and, and bring that momentum straight into the third, and it, it showed. And, and this is the thing. Usually the, goal, the, the goals that are normally killer are within the last two minutes of the game, right? And this one was just on the cusp of that, and this is the momentum changer because now 
you know, we're going to go shift on over into the third period where here's another momentum shifter, right? That goal. Yep, right out the goal, gate. 34 seconds in and another nice goal. And I, you know, I said this to you when I saw it, Washco. <laughs> just dirty on this goal, right? Um, let me pull that back up because I just remember watching it going, Washco made this happen. He loses possession of the puck, but he does a smart back check, right? Right. To get it back in, and he forced this error, right? So beautiful, beautiful play on this one. Like, I'm watching him come in. There's the pressure. Boom, off the boards. Chip back. Got the guy laying on out goalie. No chance, man. So, yeah, Washco, nice, nice play here, boys. Tying this in, like I said, that the four minutes of the end of the second period to not even three minutes of play changed the dynamic of this game. Uh, Dante had no shot on that one. That was just a really perfect play. And then uh, Andre Shmakov, the 19-year-old out of Moscow, Russia, just buried it. Cade Herrera makes yeah. it a 4-3 to three game on with just over seven player. minutes left in the game. So another power play. So the keys of this game were the cycle down early for for the River Blades, capitalizing on the power play, two the, the deadly two minutes, you know, of the ending of an opening period, opening of the next period, right? And then power plays again. It gets them four to three. We've got a hockey game. So whoever that player was that said to you, sorry, he didn't give you too much. No, guys, like not giving you too much is they would have went on to lose four nothing, right? Or five to one or something, right? And the battle wasn't there. No, this game was like we were this is a good hockey game, man. This was great hockey. Like we when honestly that felt the momentum shift, so to speak. When Thorstadt, no, when he when he got that goal, that was a that was a big goal for the Stangs. And then obviously Shmakov coming in right out the gate with the pass from Washko and then and I honestly don't know if Herrera's from San Jose or Pittsburgh or where he's from i'm just gonna say san jose so boys feel free to reach out yeah the 18 year old out of i presume san jose makes it a super tight game now it's here we go we've we are in it now like seven minutes this game is it's it's available and we're, we had the momentum yeah until another penalty right and penalties affected it clearly look it, at all the power play goals that's exactly it and the power plays were clicking right they weren't both teams were set up for the power play. So it's, it's impossible so you can't take a penalty, right? But you just have to be on another level of discipline. And this is where it really cost them because that next goal, oh, that heartbreaker with about a buck 20 left to go is enough yeah, to... Yeah, Sam Band, the 20-year-old Canadian-American out of Vancouver. Yeah. And here's another play, just by the way, I'm going to back up this 751 mark where you were talking about them just not connecting, right? Is the Mustangs are coming down the ice on a 2 one one and the pass just passed the stick. And that was some of the heartbreak of this game for them, right? And then the thing is, that i got to say, though, there was a penalty call. There was a bit of a hook, right? But it just slides off the stick. And all, I think it was number seven here who, who had the hook on him and who got his stick on it but just slid off after. If he can just, like, and this is not blaming him, right? If he could just get a little bit on that, it didn't need much to go in, right? So there's not much you could say that like the opportunities were right there for them. And it was just near misses and you can't fault them on this near miss. Cause it's me trying to blame a guy who got hooked. Right. You know, I'm not blaming him. Just saying, man, just wish you the hockey gods were with you and you could have powered through it just a little bit more just to get that puck directed right on net and with a little bit of steam on it. So, but yeah, yeah it's just one of those games. I mean, Dante played a great game in net for Provo. He really yeah. kept the, uh, kept the Ogden Mustangs at bay. And so he did, he did his job stopping 31 of 34. Uh, I think Anderson, like I said, had stopped 10 of 14, and then Troja came in relief and stopped 9 of 10. It's just one of those games. Uh, you know, Provo was the better team on the ice that game, and they got the win out of it. And again, a, a lot of that is on the shoulders of Adante. I mean, he played a really good game. And he, and I heard what he had to listen to for a whole period. So, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah no, he, a, he he did a you know it was a hell of a game right that like I said this power play goal by Herrera you know that one was cycling back over there good good setup good relentlessness it's just uh, this one was a game where power plays were going to kill you so let's polish up this game um, and let's get over to the next one my friend yeah so the next game uh, was Saturday night I didn't get to go to this game so I watched it on TV in net for Provo was Mikhail Melnikov the twenty year old out of Gomel Belarus. And Ogden, again, had Domagaj. Uh, Domagaj. I'm pretty confident it's Domagaj at this point. Again, guys, you can reach out and tell me if I screw that up. That's why I just call him Troja. 
the the 20 year old Croatian Austrian. So basically, this was a the Belarusian beast versus Croatian nation in that for the two teams, and it was again was a really really good game, and I definitely screamed at the TV a few times. Yeah, to start off the game, honestly, Jack Jones had a really, really nice hip check. I just had to mention that. Because I, I know you also love a good hip check, and you didn't get to watch oh, this they're, they're, they're my favorites. So the one thing I'll sit there and say to you is, you know, have to, I hate to do the NHL references, but I don't know a lot of these players enough in their histories, right, to reference back. But the classic PK used to be able to throw a hell of a hip check, right? Lots of times he hit them right, you know, right in the gut to knock the wind out of them, too. Oh, I love a good hit check because if you get one like that, it could devastate you. The more entertaining ones is when the guy actually hits and flips. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I think uh, Jones tried to do here. He tried to give him a Waconia whiplash with a really nice hip check. Right off the get-go, I guarantee the message for both coaches were get get on the body early because you're seeing some <laughs> contact early on. Get on the body early. <laughs> Which is, as a fan, you love to see. You're like, well, this is going to get pretty chippy. Yeah. We're going to have a fun one. That's what I actually like. That's a one good thing. and Maybe not even a good thing. One of the oh, here's the, break. here's the breakaway. Nice save. Stood big. He read that one. Troja, good read on that one, man. Coming all the way in. You knew he was going to shoot glove side. And you didn't. he didn't even drop in a full butterfly. He started to go down a bit and froze and stayed big. So nice save. So obviously I missed that check, so now I have to go back. <laughs> yeah, as, as you as you go back, I'll, I'll give you a timestamp here, and all of our listeners can do the same thing. If you have hockey TV, you'll be able to follow along with this podcast and go to the time checks. Yeah, I'm watching here right now. Like I'm just watching the, the at 1935, the Mustangs break out. Oh, overpassed and missed the net. Oh, you didn't mention that one, dude. So at about the 1929 mark, the Mustangs tic-tac-toe, and the guy goes to tip the ball. Oh, no, no, I wasn't going to call. That was a heartbreaker. I, that's when I screamed at the off TV. Off the stick, <laughs> off the outside of the post, and he, he was going well, to. Well, he had a yawning net, and he just yeah. couldn't connect on it. And I was, yeah. I, I, I was, yeah, I yelled at the TV. Yeah, and I can't, you know, again, it's one of the ones you can't get mad at. It's just one of those ones that if you just had your stick tilted, just on that right ankle, that was a tap-in. Dude, it you happens. see that at every level. You see that in the NHL multiple times a year. It's just like... Oh, there's that hip check you were talking about. Just saw it. <laughs> nice one, eh? Yeah, it just knock, knocks him right down. Like That's the nice thing about a hip check here. It wasn't even the big... That one wasn't even a big sprawler, the one I just saw. If this is the right one. But he hit him, knocked him flying down. Because I you know, love a hip check. And that's the thing. is You catch a guy squarely hip on hip. <laughs> love that hip check. And you don't it's see like, those too often. It's like the pad slide, man. The double stack. Yeah. When you it's, see it's it, you, you, you gotta... it's something you dream about seeing, that double pad uh, slide. Oh. Or even even more rare, Chris, the uh, scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so explain to our listeners what a scorpion is. Okay, so go back and just type in, because you get the example of this from last season, because um, Auntie Ranta pulled off the scorpion. And that's when you're sprawled out, out on all fours, almost in the stance of a scorpion. And you kick your leg up completely backwards and hoping it's going to hit your leg or your skate. Now, the painful part about this is there's not a lot of protection on the backside of a goalie pad. There's very little there. There's nothing on the back of a goalie. The only thing protected is I don't even think your ass is protected. Well, the thing, though, is it's just that one back flap that they invented well after I started playing. You know that one that comes across and protects your calf, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that... Back in my goalie gear right now, yes. when When I was a kid growing up, we didn't have that, so you would get a two-hander from a guy, or you were down and out, and you got back your calf bruised up pretty bad. It hurt. So, especially with the scorpion, if you're doing that, you get tagged in that calf or right around the Achilles. Oh, you're <laughs> you're feeling that for a pretty good time. But yeah, the scorpion, it's just that you know you're down, you're out. There's nothing else you could do, and you kick that leg up backwards to make the save. The only thing that I've seen even more impressive than that, the scorpion, I don't even know what to call it, is that when when Vasilevsky made that glove hand behind his back, like it wasn't just like the. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I remember that one. That was what it, does that have a name yet? I don't know. Just, just call it the Vasilevsky. Yeah. That, I just called the Vaz man because that he just snapped that. It, it's not like it was like the ones where you see it up in the air and the goalie knows it's going behind him. So he just puts his glove out, hoping he's going to catch it. Vasilevsky's tracking as he's throwing his glove backwards behind him. Right. Just crazy. That's about the only other save when I saw that. I went, holy cow. And the, actually, that in between Carey Price is lunging out with a stick up off the ice. 
what do you even call those, right? Yeah. You know, it, they're desperation saves, but just they're scalable. Maybe the, maybe the listeners and us can come up with names for some of these. Yeah, I would just call prices one the stinger, man, because that just stings everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, now back to this. So, Troja, nice stand-up save without dropping automatically to a butterfly. Nice save. And you're going to have to go to just about uh, 11.55 um, left in the first period to check out the save by Melnikov for Provo. Also, just a, just a great, great save. So, yeah, as Chris has mentioned, um, here it comes in. Three's got the puck. Nice pass, nice save. There it is. Nice read, nice passing play, guys. Uh, that was just a beauty of a save. That that's just really solid. That's a, that's a goalie that understands, which honestly they they both do. But that's just he he knew what was going to happen, and but it doesn't make it easy. Yeah, and that's and, why and, I pointed and, and, and it out, they both had some great saves this game. I just wanted to kind of point out again just a few saves because we're goalies. Well, yeah, because that's the one thing that we don't get a lot of, right? Oh, another nice save by the uh, uh, River Blades goalie here at about the 10:40 mark. He had two right there, and I think this may have been the one that you were talking about. That both were one was a two-on-one save where he came across. Yeah, maybe that time No, it's okay. So both are good. This one was the. I'm going to kick it back so I can describe it for you here. So nice feed in. The guy's coming in alone and just reads the player well. Comes over strong on his blocker side and almost does that flex out, right, to cut down his area on that shot. Nice save by that goalie on that one. Because uh, you know what I, you know, I missed when we were talking about the World Juniors to sort of go back to that type of save? was when Spencer Knight made that one blocker save when there was a pass over. And what he did is he pushed out to make it, right? Because yeah. he's such a big goalie, and this is the thing about big goalies. When you know there's nobody else behind you, and that's the only thing you can do, is just push out, make yourself huge, because that puck's going to hit you. So s- similar saves to that right there. Nice, nice save. Nice save. Yeah, so if you keep going there, you're going to see a goal with about, uh, just as the game's about to hit the halfway mark in the first period, you're going to see a very pretty tic-tac-toe. Yeah, the Mustangs are pretty good. Like, this is the one thing I note about this team is, you know, I say they're not so much the cycle team, right? It's more of these tic-tac-toe type of, you know, north-south type of goals they tend to get, right? Yeah. Um, this is a perfect example of one right here. So here it is. Puck looks like it's cycling around. Even strength play here, right? Oh, no. Oh, oh, dirty, dirty, dirty. That's knowing where your guys are going to be on the yep. ice, right? Herrera there again for the goal. Yeah, that was Herrera again for the goal. Off a nice feed from what looks like Washco again, right? So yep. let's take, take a look at this. It's an even strength goal. Puck comes around the boards. Over here picking this on up. Muir made that first pass it looked like, if I'm not mistaken. Did they might look at the wrong guy here? Yeah. What's his number? Number three, number three. No, number three is Jake Muir. Yeah. Yeah, so what I'm not understanding here is they didn't give him the assist on this, and he's clearly the guy that makes the – because I've got it paused at the 10.08 mark. He's clearly the guy that makes the first pass, the guy that's sitting in the slot, not in the slot, right on the face-off circle in the bottom right corner. And right away, as soon as you see this setting up, you got two guys, two guys on the opposite side, right in the face-off circle. You got the guy below the red line there, right? The guy that was ignored. How does that happen? Like right there, I know you're scrambling to get the puck out, but somebody blew their blew their coverage, and then these guys recognize it. So Muir, beautiful passer, buddy, right between the legs, right on the tape of that guy, right on over and poof and in. And I'm just going to try to watch the guy entering it because I want to make sure the proper guys get credit, right? And, of course, the lights go out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to track who it is. So, you know, 13 definitely got the goal. But Muir did not get credit. Muir, nice pass to set that up. A nice play. I think it could have been Washko or it's number 19. I don't know. I think 19 is Finney. No, it's number 9. Is Tate Jensen a defenseman? He's a right winger. So I don't know who got one. Hold on. Yeah, it's the defenseman. It's not him. It should have been. It should have been then. I think it should have been Muir. On over to Washko. No, yeah, Washko. So it was Muir to Washko on over to Herrera for the goal. That was a nice setup. That's a pretty goal. So yeah, because Washko's number seven. So was it seven? Or... Well, I'll have to go back and watch. Yeah, yeah, it was hard for me to see. Like I said, that the guy who finished the play was hard for me to see which number he was, right? Because he was a guy tucked below the red line coming in, but it was definitely Muir with the very first pass over and the guy receiving it. I just couldn't see his number. But anyway, beautiful goal, guys. That's a nice goal. Anything else in between that, or we're skipping up yeah, to the next Yeah, so the, goal. to wrap up the first period, you get another breakaway goal. Here we go. Here's a pass. Nope. 
A little bit of chippiness here. We're going to see it. I would zoom in. Oh, device. here he goes. I got it. I got it. Number seven in. Washko. Ooh. ooh, ooh. Froze him on up and went five hole. Nice. Nice goal. Nice goal. Yeah. So Washko, the 19-year-old Lithuanian-American out of Vilnius, makes the game 2 nothing for Ogden. So pretty good start for Ogden. Yeah. Well, that's it. So the difference is, right, is the game before you had Provo who – who controlled the play of the game for the uh, almost the first period and a half. It was that way, right? Not saying the Mustangs weren't in the game on Friday at all, but it just seemed that cycle game was wearing them down. Here, their speed game, the speed game, the Mustangs going straight up and down that ice is taking it to them. And and here we go. We got, we got this game. So now uh, we're skipping on over to the second period. Yes, we're now in the second period. You got to be right out the gate here for the second period because Provo makes it close. They're one team. Like, uh, well, this is a nice thing about these rivalries, right? You can watch stuff. So now the next time, if I can actually watch one of these live guys, um, I've watched one of them partially and then had to shut it down. But if I can watch it live when these guys play again, I know what I'm going to expect, right? A little bit well, of edginess. if you ever want to make the 11-hour drive up here. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing is, I will definitely come to a live Mustangs game now after I've called it enough, right? And I want to check it out just once COVID's over and done with so I can actually enjoy it, right? Want to go enjoy the game? Yeah, actually, uh, our our other co-host Sebastian said the oh! same thing. He's like, I've now that I've watched this game, um, and watched the Mustangs. He's like, I've done a little bit of research on it, uh, and them. He's like, I really like what they're doing here, and he's like, I'd love to watch this team live. It's like, no, it's a it's a blast. And same with Ben. Ben actually went on and got some Mustang swag on online a, a couple weeks ago during Christmas. You know, Ben will be a special guest in the future, but uh, he won't long. He will no longer be a co-host. So, you know, he's happy to be a special guest. But yeah, he's become a pretty big fan too. Even when he's trying to get the you know guys on the Mustangs to beat me up. So, because that was kind of his thing. <laughs> That's what he wanted. So, yeah. so, but watching this, I when you're hearing the O come out, guys, I was watching the play at the blue line where the puck bounced over the defenseman's stick. And unfortunately, he's you know, oh, it's not even bounced over his stick. Like he just didn't have a shot at it. It was an, it, it was a Aaron passed, it looks like it was coming back, right? And then the O was the nasty little move made here, right? Um, was this uh, the Ertis goal? Yeah, coming yeah, on in, freezes him, freezes him to the blocker side with a with the shot, right? And then pulls it a little bit, and the the Mustang goalie Choha just couldn't get his blades back in, and his, he was wide open. So another five hole goal. And as goalies, like there's nothing worse, right? As soon as you're caught, you're caught. It's so yeah. hard to recover back. And he was caught. He was he 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 sold he sold a hard blocker that that was gonna that he was going that way hard, right? So can't not blaming Shawha on that, but that that was a nicely skilled goal there, man. Yeah, and then you actually have to go all the way down to six minutes left in the second period for the next goal. Again, it's just it was a great back and forth game. It was really entertaining. But well, uh, there, yeah, there it is. Like <laughs> Chris, random one time I can say with this website, man, I just clicked. And I clicked it perfect, man. I was watching the rebound goal here just happen, <laughs> as you're describing it. Yeah, here it comes in. So pucks down low, right? Cycling back, uh, power play goal, right? On over, nice, nice puck movement, nice puck movement, stretching it. They do a good job of stretching that ice, right? Yes. And there's no goal on that play, but this this shot right here, not enough traffic in front when it was taken, but there was great puck movement across the ice but here we come here now puck is back on the point back to the point again quick pass back over right back to the point down the gut guys are shifting on over little i like this play like this shot right not a lot of pepper on it throwing in low so it's going to go off the stick or the pads puck comes off rebound gets kicked over to the side and there's a wide open net to score so when you can't get a pretty goal these are the goals that I always tell guys to look for right is as a goalie when even if that puck's thrown softly at you and there's a bit of a screen if you can't pick it up and all of a sudden you see it your first instinct when you're down is to kick the leg up right or to move the stick or do something it's just it's just reaction so i don't fault the goalie on that one but it's just that you don't have a choice right if it hits you you know and you don't know where it's coming right then you're scrambling to look for it but your first instinct as soon as you see it is to flex towards that puck right just do some sort of reaction and unfortunately that reaction kicked it right over you know right on over and that was an easy tap in afterwards yeah. but ugly goals need love too and they they win ugly goals win games <laughs> there's 41 left 42 39 38 now it looks like it's about to happen here 
47's cutting in for the Mustangs. Oh, nice move. Went to go take him wide and just couldn't tuck it. Yeah. Nice nice try by the, by the Mustangs player to stretch him. 47 is, sorry, guys. I That's I, Parker Lawton. Lawton again. Lawton. Yep. So you know what's interesting is, and I can go back and I can say this, right? So early on, the first games that I was watching, I really noticed Schmockoff. I really, really noticed because I think he's probably one of their best players in the year, right? I always noticed his play because he was always involved. But in the last two games, you know, that I've watched, and again, guys, I can't catch all your games, Lawton has been all over the place. Like, he's 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 out there in a threat. And nice nice attempt to stretch the goalie. Nice attempt to stretch the goalie, but big save, right? You know, that yeah. thing you have to stretch him, the only thing you're hoping for is that you get you get it out and around his pad so you can tuck it in between the pad and the post, right? But that was a yeah, I mean, honestly, the last couple of games of 2020, uh, he was noticeable as well. You know, he got he scored a he scored the first goal of the game for one of the Mustangs games, and then was swiftly ejected after that. So I'm not 100 percent sure what happened. And, but, and, uh, and, and Chris here, I want you to do this and throw it out to the the Mustangs coaching staff. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's those Boston Bruins guys chirping. I see them again. <laughs> guys, buy a Mustangs jersey. Like, come on. Yeah, seriously. Honestly, like I have a Mustangs jersey. It's a goalie cut because I, you know, plan on using it as one of my uh, practice jerseys. But uh, I should have, hey, in hindsight, gotten. Here's what I'll say, fan, right? Like this has nothing really to do with Boston. The only reason I can say it is they're wearing Boston Bruins jerseys behind this net. Which, hey, guys, you love your team. I get it, you know. But if I'm at the game and I'm right behind the glass, if I was at a Boston Bruins, but these guys game, are the thing is these guys are passionate Mustangs fans. That's what I'm they're saying. Always there. That's what I mean. So I'm not discrediting that, but I'm like, boys, like. Get, get yourself some Mustangs. Get here, Mustangs, people. Give these guys a discount and get those jerseys on TV. Need some I know. Representation. Just, as, as a Habs fan and a Sabres fan, we have this, like, ugh, disdain for Bruins jerseys. So Yeah, but it's not even that for me. Like, look, look, the only time I would wear my Habs jersey. But you're jersey, saying because they're going to be visible on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they're right there. You're behind the goal, right? So, you know, what I'm saying to these guys is, hey, I'm not crapping about your passion about hockey. So you don't like my bright orange pigeonhole hockey sweatshirt? You think I should wear my Mustangs jersey? (laughs) Yes, that guy. I think you should wear If you're going to do anything, here's what I would say. If you're going to do anything that's bright, have the jersey on. Have a hat or a toque on. If you haven't, if you if we had a pigeonhole hog, because you guys call them beanies, right? So a beanie or a toque. If you had the if you had the Mustangs, get some of those ordered because I know a lot of people have reached out to me about getting some stuff ordered. But uh, I'm just trying to find if anybody's got any suggestions. Something at least a decent. I don't want much contact. I just want to be like, I don't even truthfully care if I make money off of it. I just want it to be easy merch that people can buy. Yes, advertising for me for this podcast. So. Um, what you actually should, what you actually do is get some permission from the, uh, you know, from the Mustangs to allow you to make your custom Mustangs jersey with the great big pigeonhole hockey uh, crest on the shoulder patches, man. And that'd be badass. That'd be pretty. <laughs> okay, well, let's be honest, that would be yeah. badass. So if they're cool, <laughs> you never know. They may they may end up saying, you know what, go for it, boys. We could but do anyway. we could do some pigeon hockey podcast like uh, practice jerseys when they're playing. So <laughs> you know, we can do some we can do some practice jerseys for the boys. I don't know. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll 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 get into it. But anyway, my friend. Yeah. Okay. But so that was that was basically the wrap up of this because uh, we just went over the second period. So now we move into the third. So sure. right now, Ogden has a three to one lead, and Provo Provo makes it a game very very quickly. Here they come on in, shot, shot, block. They still got control of the puck. That's a, how you're going to do it. If you're going to block a shot, boys, you sprawl yourselves on out. So that was with the 12-minute mark. Right at the 12-minute mark is when this happens. Yep. So cycle down low. There's that cycle game of theirs again, right? Cycle it. Nice big hit. You finish your guy, but a guy sneaks in from, from the top right into the slot for a pass and just a one-timer pass to goalie. And it looks like Choha had it. Oh, I just missed it with the glove. Like, just. Yeah, and that, that goal was scored by James Barber, the 18-year-old out of Lake Forest, Illinois. Yeah, nice little play here. Like I said, they were working the cycle. They identified the guy sneaking in, and he shot it just above the pad, just below the glove, and Shaw just didn't get it there in time. So now we got a hockey game, man. We're at and just keep, keep letting it play, man, because that happens 14 seconds later. They tie it up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Talk momentum, they right? back to back. So here we go. In comes the puck. They cross the blue line, throw it down low, little chip, grab, 
Oh, shoot, guys. That's when the coach is going to get mad at you guys about because they had momentum and you guys were flat-footed. I'm not being a jerk, guys, but that was just flat-footed after a goal. Like, everybody's standing around. So I'm just going to call it while I'm watching it here. Chris, it's face-off, win back. They take control. They throw it on in, get it down to the blue line, just chip it by the guys, right? Get it on past. A little chip by the defenseman, glove down, up, and everybody just seems to be puck-watching, right? Nobody took the body. You know, it's 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 a good skilled play by their guy, but that was a flat-footed shift. Yeah, that was Michael Ernest getting his second of the night. Yeah, nice nice goal by Ernest, but the Mustangs were flat-footed on that one. And that, my friend, takes us to OT, right? Yes, but before we hit OT, oh. go down to about a minute 40 left in the game to see how Trohan brought this team into OT. Because <laughs> okay, at this so. point, here's what happened. Because this just became a shooting gallery for Provo. Troja was uh, Troja kept this game tied because mm-hmm. right now this is a, you know the he was really the only noticeable player on the ice for about five minutes truthfully. Well, and, and I'm was, watching uh, right now around with the one minute mark left to go in a game here. I'm just watching it again a cycle down low low game right is what yeah. I'm watching from the River Blades. That seems to be their mo: get the puck in, cycle it down low, and then wait for your opportunity. And I'm just watching them just. Just keep doing it, right? Here it is, cycling it down low, little pass out. Here's the save you're talking about. You know, that was with 40-some seconds left to go, a little blocker save, but it was a nice pass, good scoring opportunity. No, it should have been about a minute 40 left in the game. Yes. So I'll Pretty go back. But, he, but, but even that 40-second one wasn't a bad save, no, right? He no, he was in. like, Troja was constantly tested after, and Troja just kept his team in long enough for this game to get into overtime. So here we go. This is the minute 49 left coming across. Oh, there's that savior talking about pad save on out. Yeah, the guy did a hard cut in front of the net. So it yeah, it's just the it just yeah, like the Mustangs all of a sudden went flat footed, right? And they're a team with a lot of skill and a lot of speed. They're just taking away, just muscling them off the puck. Bro, but this happens to every team. Like teams I played on oh, yeah. it, it infuriates you when you're a goalie and you know your team's just you know, this is when I'm yelling at my team as a goalie. This is literally when I'm yelling at my team as a goalie. You know, you're, yeah. you're half-assing it right now. I'm not seeing the play I need to. You're making bad plays. You're making bad passes. You're not taking. You're not keeping the guys to the outside. You're just. It's almost like Chris. You know, here's here's my opinion, and right. And again, I would love to get some interaction from the coaches and see what they've got to say, right? But when I see stuff like this going on, but I wanna, what I'd have is like that plan B for a team. Like, look, they're taking over. What are we doing? besides getting manhandled and scrambling, right, is to go to, like, simple chip-off-the-board plays, right? Like, don't look for a pretty outlet pass right now. Like, just get the puck out like a simple chip-off-the-boards, almost like a forward cycle, right? Get it off the boards, have support coming in to get that chip off the boards, and then start doing a dump-and-chase game just to get your feet back under you, right? Um, because at this point, like I said, it's when when the River Blades are doing their cycle game down low, they're they keep pressing you and it, it's a frustrating style, right? And the only way you can do this, you got to be able to pick that puck up with a couple of quick passes, chips and, you know, simplify it. Right. So that just sort of like my question is, you know, what's the, what's the counteract after if I'm of the coach watching this is how do we counter this? Right. And the only way I can see it is simple, smart place to get the puck out. I'm not saying just give it back into their hands, but. Well, I say if you have the opportunity, cause uh, we will have a chance here to talk to one of the coaches soon. It, yeah, and, and by the way, if I'd have this conversation with the coach off the off the air, right? Because like my thing is, just oh no, this won't be on the air. Yeah, that's not th- that conversation. It's yeah, just, yeah, because because a like lot to, of our pre conversations with people are off the air just so we can talk and yeah, shoot the breeze and then get some angles on it's stuff. The fun part. Yeah, so right here now we're going into overtime, right? And yep. there's 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 the it looks like there's the boy, right? The guy that I always call to do stuff here. Um, one of their big players, it seems to be. Active. I'm doing this skip ahead by 15 seconds. Here we go. Face-off's about to drop. Got some three-on-three. Of course, you got Muir on the ice, right? Here, wins the draw to himself. Comes on in. Okay, puck gets taken on over here. Uh, uh, The River Blades are coming down the ice. Trying to do a one-on-one. Muir picks it up. Here he goes. Here comes the quarterback, right? He's got the puck. See what happens here. One long outlet pass all the way down the ice. They got possession. Good play. It's right now it's one on three. See the guys are waiting. There's Mir. Oh, goalie off his angle and way to identify it. See that? Yep. 29 seconds in, Jake, not from State Farm Mirror from Fremont, <laughs> California. 
beats Melnikov. And that's 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 to me like, like that's like a um, like a staggered play on purpose, right? Get the guy down low, let him get set up, let him get the position. You got two guys up high, and of course their two players roared down, and they were all to one side of the ice. And this is like I want to almost call it a delay, like sneak attack play, right? If you get possession, if they overcommit, which they did, and here's Mira, the guy you don't want to see open right here. And when the goalie for the Riverblades comes on over, he oh slides God. slides too far. I'm watching the angle right now, and blocker side is wide open. Um, just slid over a little bit too far, and there it is, low blocker side. Um, well, the, the Belarusian beast Melnikov got 22 of 26, and Croatian nation Troja had 29 of 32 and getting his team to victory. Because honestly, Troja kept his team in this the second half of the third period because ultimately at the end of the day, they came away with the victory. They had a really good game. Honestly, it, uh, there's periods of games where teams disappear or other teams just come on super strong. In this case, it was more of just Ogden disappearing there for a little bit, but Troja was very much there and got his team the chance to get this uh, overtime victory. So overall, yeah. these were great games to watch. No, no, they're fun and entertaining. So going back, what was the player again that said story he didn't give you much to watch? Like, guys, you gave up plenty to watch over two games here. It gets... What as a fan, would you get pissed? No, that off was at? that was Jones. So uh, Jack Jones, Jones uh, the Waconia, the I'm it's gonna call number Waconia 20, Whiplash now. I think that would be a fun <laughs> number twenty six. Yeah, yeah, so or is number twenty six or fifty? Yeah, number twenty six, right? So yeah, so Jack yeah, is number twenty six. Yeah, so so Jack, you know, yeah. so the the night before you guys battled back and nothing you could say about that, right? There was no there was no disappointing play. Like you can't look and say like, hey, you know, so and so didn't do their job or. You know, the goalie was just flattened out of it. It was good hockey all the way around. It's just both nights, right? The the Mustangs came out hot early, um, almost like the, the the River Blades did the game before, right? And it was – both games almost identical. You could say one team had control for an extended period of time, and then the other team flipped the switch, right, in the yeah. third period. And that's what seems to have happened in both of these games. Well, so. and that's the thing. That's what I had, you know, prior to these games, I know I'd reached out to both uh, both you and Sebastian, and I'm like, hey, if the games are good, you know, I definitely want to cover them. If they're a blowout one way or the other, or they're just, because there are games where, you know, 8-1, to 7-2, to not a lot you really want to cover in those games. They're, they're not, whether that's a win or a loss, it's, it is what it is. It's a blowout. It's the entertainment factor goes away at a certain point, unless you're the home fan in the home arena, and then it's just a blast. But good games like these ones, like both of these games were well fought by Provo and Ogden, and they split the weekend series. And I don't know, do they play today in Provo? I actually have no idea. I'm going to look. I don't think they do. What's Hockey TV say? If you're on Hockey TV, like I set up my favorites for Ogden and you know other teams. But we can build up some animosity with Pueblo, it looks like, here coming up soon. Cause yeah, Pueblo, to... I remember those games got a little chippy, too. Yeah. I have not watched a Utah Outliers game. How are they? They're a blast. Honestly, that was the kind of the original, because Provo's a new team this season. So Utah was kind of the original rivalry we really liked watching here in Ogden. Because they're down there, I think, in West Valley, I think, is where the Outliers play on, which is basically Salt Lake City. No, those are those games are a blast. The teams know each other well. <laughs> so Outliers games are real fun to watch. I think I will be going to, because it's saying upcoming here, but I thought when I was on the Mustangs tickets, ticket mass, tickets, yeah. Because we're playing Colorado on Friday night. And then the outliers on Sunday afternoon. And I will definitely be at the game on Friday night. I'll be at the Grizzlies game on Monday. And I'm trying I'm trying to decide. It depends on what NFL game is going to be happening during the 130. Because my bills are still in the playoffs. So I won't commit to the Sunday afternoon game yet. So, But I will be at Friday night's game for anybody that's listening. I will be there. Probably in a bright yellow shirt instead of bright orange this time. I think these will be good games. These will be these will be you'll really like the Outliers games. So if you're watching some hockey on Sunday afternoon, that'll be good. But even then, the uh the Colorado Eagles, those are fun games. I like these. These are good. I, these are all good games coming up here. So I'm excited for all these. Honestly, don't know a lot about the Las Vegas Thunderbirds in February or the Anaheim Avalanche. I think I've seen an Avalanche game. Excited for Fresno. I love I love Fresno's logo. 
I love Fresno's logo for a long time now. I think it's one of the sickest jerseys in uh, junior hockey in that in the in the U.S. So, but that's what we're looking at. We're looking at that schedule coming up. So we're we're excited to hopefully cover these games if they are well played games. They will get full coverage. So we're excited, and we'll be following some other teams here coming up. As our fellow co-host Sebastian is going to be tuning in for for more of these podcasts as well. We're going to be. If we can get it on Hockey TV or if I can get it on ESPN Plus or Fubo, I'll be pretty good. I haven't gotten Flow Hockey, though. Um, so if anybody has Flow Hockey, you want to let me know if it's worth it. Yeah, I got Hockey TV rocking here. I also paid for my NHL subscription. Again oh, yeah, my year. NHL subscription's been paid for, too. Hey, and they did, by the way. I want to say, I don't know if we mentioned it before. They did reduce the price of the NHL package yeah, for the season. Yeah, $99.99 is not unbearable for me going to be, you know, watching the hell out of this. They're better, like I'm saying, NHL, and I warn this strictly, there better not be a ton of blackouts this year. Or sure. Dude, they block out Vegas and Colorado games here, or Denver, sorry. What were they? Well, it's, just, yeah. it's so stupid when they do stuff like that because it's not like you have easy access to both. No, it's not like I can just drive like whatever. Denver's eight hours and Vegas is seven hours. I just can't get to this. It's not like I can hop down to West Valley and go to the game. It's it's a it's a full it's a full two day adventure if you really want to go hard with it. So I don't understand why they would black out any games in Utah. I don't believe it's fair. <laughs> so. I understand if I'm in Buffalo and they black out Buffalo Sabres games, I could go to the game. But this is also a year where they shouldn't be blacking out any games because it's not like you can spend the money to go to the game. Yeah. Well, this year, that's what's going to be interesting is I know the Coyotes are opening up the tickets. I'm just not going because numbers in Arizona are just crazy. It's the only way I can put it. They're just crazy. So 3,000 people all in one play, one, one arena, even though you're spaced out, still has me concerned up until I get my vaccinations and numbers are under control here. But honestly, why me and my buddy Nick got the rowdy row seats is because you get to be away from everybody. You're just yeah. kind of there in your own little space and it's worth the extra money yeah when, when so. it's safe when it's safe we'll we'll look at something like that and just oh dude if, if it when it's safe and covid's cleared we're we're gonna we're gonna get that mustang suite obviously we got things like the usphl games down here in ogden back we're getting the national hockey league back on wednesday i think the national women's hockey league starts on friday and it's on nbc yeah so yeah that's what i mean there's a ton going on the ahl is going to be firing up soon enough and then you got nfl playoffs and then the Aussie rules football. I'm going to always talk about my Aussie rules football. The AFWL, so the a- basically it's the women's starts its season just a little bit before the men's. So I'm super stoked that I think on the 25th. And you can get those packages in the States, people. I think it's 165 bucks for the season. And the, the season goes on pretty long. It'll end around the same time that the NFL is starting up. So. All right. And that's a good, that's a that's good, a good way to end this podcast. Exactly. Like, I was about to say put the, the same ass thing. in class. Yeah. Pigeon hockey. <laughs> All right, hockey fans, we got a big week ahead of us. We do. So thank you again for tuning in. This is Steve and Chris of Pigeon Hockey. Have a great one, guys. And we'll catch you next time.